fifth podcast jay kokorowski we are doing a quick preview show about 20 minutes as the number four wisconsin badgers take on western kentucky to kick off their 2018 season one with much hype but there's been obviously some news the past few weeks and uh last night on wednesday night i'm pretty happy that i actually didn't record a podcast then because the news of redshirt sophomore cornerback dante carrier williams announcing on social media on his Twitter account that he was going to leave Wisconsin. He received, as he stated, the full release. He was granted a full release from Wisconsin and its coaching staff. So uh, that will be something to watch. Uh, for Obviously, you'll, I'm going to give you some players to watch coming up later in the show. And that's a big, despite him being on a second team, and maybe let's just kick it off real quick. I'll do the how to, you'll, we'll go through, we'll have, I'll play an interview with Caesar Williams that I had earlier this week. Uh, also one with Adam Crumholtz. We'll talk about the wide receiver depth there uh, because of the suspensions of Quintez Cephas and Danny Davis. But let's start with Dante Carrier Williams, the more recent news. And obviously he is going to be, He's gone from the team now. He was on the second team in the depth chart that was released on Sunday, along with Madison Cohn, Fayon Hicks, and Caesar Williams took the starting spots on paper. So that is one thing that the, you will have to watch for, uh, you know, coming up. But it's a surprising move in the sense that we all thought Carrie Williams was going to be one of the first team quarterbacks. Uh, because of his talent, uh, one, but two, his experience, 14 games last year with five starts, 30 tackles, seven pass breakups, and an interception. And I thought he improved over the course of last season. So that set up for a huge, in my opinion, would have been a huge 2018 season to help solidify an unproven position group. So, it, you know, that, that's a huge news there, obviously. Uh, I, I think, you know, you hear the words out of Jim Leonard back in mid-August, why Dante Carrier Williams during fall camp was working with the second team with the reserves. He wanted more consistency out of his redshirt sophomore cornerback. And, uh, you know, we don't know the you know official reason why Carrier Williams did not state why he was leaving uh, officially or if there, you know, the reasons behind, if it was because of the demotion down to a second team. Uh, or whatnot, but you know, during the seat during that fall camp, you heard from Jim Leonard talk about consistency, and even during the press conference for Paul Christ as to why Fayon Hicks and why Caesar Williams were first team cornerbacks, that that word consistently came, consistency came up, and it's uh, between both Leonard and Christ. You hear that word, and, and those two, the redshirt freshman and Fayon Hicks, and a lanky corner, 6'1", in Caesar Williams, a redshirt sophomore, uh, they've played well. I, I liked how Hicks looked during camp, and, and, and Williams as well. You hear, you know, last week, Scott Nelson and Dakota Dixon told me that they felt Caesar Williams had a really good camp. Uh, and they'll, you know, they're going to be three of the four starters alongside Nelson and, and Dixon. So those will be the four start presumed starters in the secondary. If they go nickel package, I would probably think Madison Cohn, uh, the sophomore cornerback, would, would get that. 
but we'll see. I mean, we could Deron Harrell could possibly come out there and they have two long cornerbacks and then Hicks who we saw in fall camp could also uh, move inside of the slot. So, I mean, it could be Madison code and could be fan Hicks. We'll see uh, on that, but I digress, right? So uh, going forward with this, uh, you know, actually even before we go to the how to watch with against West Western Kentucky and kind of preview the Hilltoppers, let me play the audio we have with Caesar Williams uh, from earlier this week. Uh, just talking about, uh, you know, he talked to reporters, so it's going to be a kind of a group talk. You'll hear my voice later and whatnot, uh, along with a few other reporters. And you'll talk about just why he thought he won the job, if he's had a chance to actually project what's going to go through his head come Friday night underneath the lights of Camp Randall Stadium with 80,000 plus uh, screaming and, and, and jumping around. So uh, without further ado, here is redshirt sophomore cornerback, starting cornerback, Caesar Williams, here on Bucky's fifth podcast. What has what your body type allowed you to do that kind of sets you apart from some of the other corners on the roster? Um, being long, you know, having being long, you having long arms. Um, you know, most short, most guys are, you know, corners are usually short, shorter. I'm a six foot, six foot one corner, so um, just and using my speed as well as my length and learning how to get in certain positions. Like I might not have to be in a position a smaller corner has to be to win. I could play either lower. I could play lower than a smaller corner. You like on the go route, you know, a smaller corner might have to play on top of the receiver. But me being long, I could play in this lower hip because I have length to um, recover and, you know, sitting on certain routes and using my length as makeup speed and, you know. I'm sorry I got here late. Yeah, but, you're, fine. Uh, you're probably going to repeat some things you said, but mm-hmm. why Why were you able to win a job? What do you think stood out? Um, being coachable, um, having consistency, and, you know, having a why to go out there every day and compete and compete. Compete with my all, compete with every day and with everything on the line and just showing that I want this spot. You know, I'm not going to let anybody take it from me. I've been working on this day. I've been working to earn this role for for years. And But earning the role isn't the big part. We want to be great as a unit. So um, having Coach Leonard put me in the starting position, I, um, I think it's a good thing just to help us win. Um, What's it called? Um, you know, we have a lot of hungry guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm just glad that he put his trust in me to show that I could do this. With the way that uh, Western Kentucky throws the ball around, it'll be a good first test for you guys? Oh, yeah, I think, think? It'll be, I think it'll be a great test. You know, they like to air it out. Was last in rushing last year. So I think we're going to get tested, and I think it's time to let our plan do the talk. Mm-hmm. So. Have you had a chance to project and think about Friday night, getting out on the field for the first yeah. time? Um, say that again? Have you had a chance to get out there and like project season opener, first team on defense? Have you had a chance to really think about walking on the field as a starter yet? Um, I haven't, you know. I don't, I don't think it has hit me yet. Um, you know, I've been waiting on this day. I mean, it's like a dream come true. So um, I wouldn't say I'm nervous or anything. I think I'm just ready to show what I'm capable of and show what our secondary is capable of, you know. We got some young guys, and everybody's young. So, but everybody has a lot of experience, and everybody's getting the same coaching from from the um, a great coach, Jim, Coach Leonard. And I just, I'm ready for it, you know. 
And folks, again, that was Caesar Williams talking with reporters on Tuesday, man. It's kind of threw my schedule off this week because they started press conferences on Sunday. So they moved up everything by one day, but that was Caesar Williams on Tuesday talking with reporters. And again, I'm Jake Okorowski. Thanks for listening. Let's get to some how to watch stuff, right? I got some game notes here. Let's break this down. Let's, I got the mic in front of me. If you hear the pages rolling, I apologize. This is a very sensitive mic. And by the way, real quick too, you're going to hear this a second time. I'm going to bring this up uh, later on, but Next Tuesday, folks, we've got a live edition of Bucky's fifth podcast. We're going to have two podcasts going on the next, you know, probably the entire season uh, going forward. And we're going to have it at Beer Rock. That is in on the north side of Madison. I'll give you more details. Come out. I want to hear you guys. I want to meet you guys. Uh, B5Q is a community. It's a Wisconsin Badgers community. I want to meet you guys. I want to hear your thoughts. We're going to have some Q&As. Uh, we're hoping to get uh, – I'll bring some copies of Walk On This Way for purchase, uh, but also might do some trivia and give away one or two too, as, uh, as well, I should say. But let's look, go to the how to watch, right? 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. You guys know where it's going to be at. It's at Camp Randall Stadium. I know you guys are probably going to get down there early to do some tailgating despite it being a Friday. It is Labor Day weekend after all. So breaking down. Real quick there. Uh, yeah, 8 p.m. ESPN for those that can't make it down the mat, you know, to Madison or to Camp Randall Stadium there. And on the call, you have it's ESPN. You have Jason uh, Benetti, Kelly Stoffer, and then Olivia Decker as the sideline reporter. Of course, you can watch it on watchespn.com, ESPN mobile app. And then, of course, for those that enjoy listening to it on the radio or can't make it because they're at work. Uh, Matt LaPay on the call, play-by-play. You got Mike Lucas, Mark Tosher for the analysts, for the, uh, yeah, for the, yeah, for the analysts there. And then of course, Patrick Herb on the sideline and uh, satellite radio is for Sirius and XM. It's both channel 84 online. It's badgersportsradio.com mobile app, iHeartRadio, search WIBA, you'll find it there. So we got that out of the way. So let's talk about Western uh, Kentucky real quick uh, when it comes to the Hilltoppers. As we might as well just go through this, I'm completely going off topic or off the cadence of that I wrote down from my order here in the podcast, but whatever, this is flowing well. Hilltoppers come in and it is, I mean, they're technically celebrating their 100th season of football uh, and they started playing. Their first game was in 1913, but due to a missing game, the years missed for World War One uh, and World War Two. The 2018 squad is the program's 100th year that they've played overall. So, second-year head coach is Mike Sanford, led the team to a six-and-six six record uh, back in 2017, and they are part of the com- of Conference USA. And this, they're actually this is the ninth year that they've been part of the FBS. So, Division One, that is the football bowl subdivision, not Division. We used to be one double A or division, you know, or the FCS as it's currently referred to as now. So, oh, uh, things to note with this team and make sure you guys check out, by the way, I'm going to click, you're going to probably hear me click on this, but that's okay. We're going and we're taking a look at what to know about the Hilltoppers. And we had a great Q and a with underdog dynasty. We had Joe, uh, Londergan, uh, talk with me. Great stuff from him. Just what to expect from Western Kentucky. They don't, you know, as he put it, he thinks it's a team, the team's going to be really good next year. 
and it's young. They only have 10 seniors on this roster, which according to their game notes is the third fewest in the country. So take that out of the FBS. Uh, 11 true freshmen saw game time action. This is just from the Hilltoppers game notes uh, in Sanford's first season. And then uh, this, they're expecting, according to these game notes, that redshirt senior quarterback my, uh, Drew Eccles will be starting his first career game, which was his first season at Western Kentucky. And you look at, I mean, they lose Mike White, the quarterback. They were tied for seventh last year in passing in passing yards per game. That was about 335. I'm guessing that's going to change. They only scored 25.5 points per game. And I'm feeling this team, you know, with you had, you know, under 26 points per game, despite that offensive production, they also had some bad, I mean, they gave up a lot of sacks last year. Uh, based off of these game notes, uh, they were, uh, yes, here we go. Uh, sacks allowed, they gave up 48 last year, and that was tied for 100, or not tied, that was 129th in the nation. So one of the worst there. So it is a, you know, that was last year's team and they're in their, you know, their defense. I mean, they run a four, two, five based out of uh, what the game notes had looked there with a, with a nickel back. And they only have two linebackers and, you know, according to Joe, who we talked with, you, you know, you have, you know, Deandre Ferris, he led a team in pass breakups last year with 14 and, you know, you also have guys like Drell Green and Devon Key, Look, based on these notes, as, the you know, some of the key returning starters. So uh, we'll see what happens with the defensive line. And I'm really intrigued by how Wisconsin's run game against the 4-2-5, which if you think about it, folks, we have so we've got six guys in the box. You wonder what the, you know, how they'll match up against Wisconsin's offensive line that being Western Kentucky. Uh, you have three All-Americans plus a freshman All-American and then either John Deason or Cole Van Lannen, who should both get time there, according to Joe Rudolph. We'll see if they actually get out there. And we'll see what you know what they do. And, I mean, Wisconsin, if as Joe had said in that Q&A, if that defensive line is inexperienced, which Wisconsin has a, a similar feeling to that right now with losing who they lost last year. It should be, yeah, I mean, Wisconsin has an opportunity to, to really blow the game open in the run game, especially with that type of scheme. Again, we'll see how that goes. And then, uh, other than that, I'll give my prediction at the end. But for now, let's, uh, you know, go on, let's keep it on with game notes, right? Um, I am wondering, you know, like we go, we saw the two deep and with the injuries that we saw, uh, you know, we saw the updated ones going forward. Uh, that was the injury report, the final one that was released yesterday after before Paul Chris talked with us. But, you know, questionable is P.J. Rosowski. He's backup kicker. So uh, Zach Hintz, in the court talking to Joe, uh, not Joe Herring, Chris Herring, a couple weeks ago, he was saying Rosowski was chasing Hintz more than anything there. So Hintz is, of course, as you saw the depth chart, depth chart released, he had uh, he was the number one kickoff specialist. But I am finding this. There we go. Uh, out for today or for Friday. Defensive end Craig Howe, right leg safety Patrick Johnson with a head injury. Defensive end Isaiah Loudermilk still with a left leg. Tight end Xander Neville 
right leg, and then Bradrick Shaw still rehabbing from his from his leg injury, uh, a left leg, and then out for the season. Uh, Mason Platter was added to it uh, to the out for the season with a right leg injury, and the true freshman from Menominee, and then of course you have Garrett Rand with his reported Achilles, officially known as a right leg, and then offensive lineman Blake Smith back with a right leg injury of his own. So uh, that's the injury report there. Uh, but going to the depth chart, right? And we know about the suspensions of Quintus Sevis and Danny Davis, and we didn't get a chance to really talk about it last week. Uh, got a little busy uh, with the day job. Again, apologies, folks, with that. But, you know, we look at this depth chart, and because, you know, with Cephas out, and he suspended with that student-athlete discipline policy after being charged with two felony accounts of sexual assault. One's a second degree due to intoxicated victim, and then a third degree charge. Davis is suspended for two games, uh, you know, uh, with, with, with that. And uh, though he is not charged, obviously Davis, the, uh, the true sophomore is not charged with it, but he is suspended. His name was in that criminal complaint that also, uh, list, you know, brought about those charges against Cephas. If you guys, of course, follow our friend Zach Heilprin at WOZN, the zone 96.7, 1670 AM here in Madison. He tweeted out yesterday that the preliminary hearing was moved back from the sixth. So next Thursday to the 11th. And uh, so that's when the preliminary hearing will be for Quintus Cephas. Uh, because of them being out, now you have, uh, you know, uh, Kendrick Pryor and AJ Taylor being the number ones, the first team. But behind them is Kendrick, uh, not Kendrick Pryor, but Adam Crumholtz and Jack Dunn. Both are former walk-ons. Both are redshirt sophomores from around the Madison area. One from Stoughton and Crumholtz, and the other one Dunn from Madison Edgewood. So, uh, you know, their roles, and you've heard about, you know, Paul Chris had mentioned them earlier uh, with uh, saying that they've had, you know, given themselves opportunities to play. Uh, we'll see what Aaron Crookshank and Taj Mustafa do as well, and if they get some game time. And it should be interesting to see how, how the wide receivers roll from there uh, and, and see how Crumholtz and that team, you know, they, they respond. With that, I mean, let's play some audio real quick. We're getting, I was hoping for 20 minutes. We're running late on this. Here is Adam Crumholtz. I had a chance to talk with him earlier this week about moving up in the depth chart. The difference is the, you'll hear just some of the questions about how he's, you know, adapted and, and how, what goals he's made, but also really just how, you know, if anything's changed because of the, the bump up in the depth chart or, you know, just how his role may change with these suspensions uh, and, and whatnot too. So here's Adam Crumholtz here on Bucky's fifth podcast. This is Jake Kukorowski with Bucky's fifth podcast. And we are here with Adam Crumholtz of Stoughton native walk-on and one of two walk-ons in the two deep uh, at wide receiver. And, and Adam, how does you, does depth chart, does it change your approach at all whenever you, for, for games like last year you saw playing time, uh, does it change seeing your name up on the depth chart or not? Um, no, not really. You know, I, he, you get in a mindset where you have to prepare each week, you know, the same or else you become like inconsistent. So, um, just seeing my name on number two really doesn't change my mindset. You know, I got to be prepared no matter what. So during the spring you're out what were you working back from and, and how are you feeling right now yeah i broke uh my fifth metatarsal um and i got a screw placed in there 
and uh, didn't become really healthy until uh, the beginning of summer training. But now during fall camp, I've been feeling really great, so excited for that. What's been some of the things that I've been seeing throughout camp? I know everyone focused on maybe maybe four wide receivers, but throughout mm-hmm. fall camp, looking at you, you had some solid catch, more than solid catches, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what stood out to you? Like, what were some of the goals that you had going into this fall camp? Um, just you know, be be noticed by by the team, the coaches, and uh, gaining that respect beca- uh, before the season started was was a huge goal for mine for me. And um, you know, just playing every day extremely hard you know that that shows a lot um and yeah i just want to give myself opportunities to make plays when it comes to how how, i know you missed maybe spring ball but how comfortable are you you've you've played in this offense you played last year how much more comfortable do you feel going into this year for you extremely more comfortable you know everything seems to be slowed down and and uh i notice a lot more individual like concepts that the, the receiver in my position has to do so that's really fun seeing that when I play on the field with with Quintez and Danny suspended right now mm-hmm. has your role within like what what was have your role changed as with the wider different wide receiver positions like which ones are you playing and has that changed with with now bumping up in the, in the depth chart because yeah. of the suspensions um I'm sure it's changed um a little bit you know I expected you know just make more of a more of an impact uh coming in on this Friday so just gotta be, gotta be ready and, and seize the moment. And which positions have you? Are you playing every which way, like uh, every which position at, at the wide receiver position? Um, how are you? I'm. Are yeah, there? mostly I've been playing X, but coach wants me to learn more, more Z as well. So I've been practicing that um, for the past few practices. What's the, What are some of the differences from 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 that? I mean, it just seems like yeah. I mean, everyone's like, oh, it's a wide receiver. And yeah. Then the, there's intricacies. I know there's a yeah. slot receiver. There's, but I know there's differences between the X and the Z. What What are some of the differences that you see from this offense? Um, well, definitely like for the X, let's say certain position, um, you have different concepts on one side that you're playing for the X. There's different things you have to look for. And then when you get switched to Z, you're usually on the opposite side or you got other things like different things to look for, different routes, you know, route trees, different um, blocking pattern is sometimes different. So you just got to put your mindset like, all right, I'm Z this play. I got I got to know this, this and this. And if you're X, you got to know this, this and this. So it's, and- it's more challenging than, than it looks. <laughs> I was going to say, as I say, with the complexities of the offense, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure like people would just their heads would explode this yeah. of this after now you've been in this what three years now which mm-hmm. is third year uh third year uh, with uh, with the walk-on tradition and obviously uh, uh, we all know about the walk-on tradition here at wisconsin mm-hmm. but uh, your experiences how how has being a walk-on shaped you here at wisconsin and, and what have you had to go through through your time early on um i definitely you know i had to prove myself prove my worth um every year um like you're never, nothing's really given to you. you. Like if you're, especially as a walk-on, you just gotta earn everything you get. But I mean, I couldn't say the differences between here and somewhere else, knowing that I, I've never, you know, been there. But as like a walk-on at Wisconsin, you feel like a scholarship guy all the time. Um, you just feel treated the same, which, which to me was amazing coming in. And for for the team, I mean. Obviously, there's there's a lot of outside noise in terms of the hype, you know, number four and the AP poll, number five, or number seven, seven in the coaches, and then 
you know, dealing with all the other hype going on, but also working through, you know, the, the news of the suspensions and, mm-hmm. and the charges against uh, Quintez. But uh, how, is there, is it actually like a distraction for you guys? How are you guys working through it at all, if there there is one? Um, I mean, the suspension is more of a distraction um, in the receiving room, but we're taking a, like, great approach to it. You know, we're handling it pretty well. We're, we're here for the boys, and, and that, that won't change. But um, otherwise, the outside noise, we don't really really listen to we're not really paying attention to that because you know it's just it's just talk all right folks that was adam crumholtz again stoughton native now probably gonna contribute in some fashion a greater fashion than what he was going to do uh before the suspensions of quintus cephas and danny davis uh and also like i said make sure you guys check out bucky's fifth quarter for more whatever happens with the cephas uh, and davis situations uh with the with the charges against cephas with uh and you know what happens i know Back when during the the hearing a week or so ago, uh, Cephas's attorneys uh, also filed some motions. Uh, I believe it's called a man's violation, and and with with some evidence there. Make sure you guys check out our website. To kind of, we kind of detail out everything with if uh, what ha- you know what it was, and and we were just stating the facts on on what's happened so far in the case. So again, uh, that hearing comes up September 11th. We'll go more into that. You know, we'll report more. What happens uh, once we hear it here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast, Bucky's Fifth Quarter.com. But looking at more of the depth chart, right? Let's see. Uh, other notes, I, I joked about it during my pr- projection for the depth chart, and I laughed just because uh, they listed three running backs in the two deep as the RB, RB2. So I running back too. So I laughed at that. Taiwan Deal, Garrett Groshek, Chris James, John Dietz, and Cole Van Lannan, both at left tackle. Uh, and Joe Rudolph, offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, said there's probably going to be some sort of rotation. Both will play at some point. Um, looking at deep, let's see, with Xander Neville out, Kyle Penniston's tight end one, second team tight ends, Jake Ferguson. I wouldn't be surprised if Luke Benchwell got in there at some point as well. You're looking at also defense. Defensive line didn't really change much from what I had predicted. Matt Henningsen, Caden Lyles, both Richard freshmen. First team, the defensive ends, Olive Sung Apollo, nose tackle. I'm trying to think of anything else outside, really. Obviously, the biggest question will be who replaces Dante Carrier-Williams as the you know second-team cornerback alongside Madison Cohen. Could be Deron Harrell. You're looking at Dante Burton could be another name that steps up, too. Uh, we'll see. We'll see who else, uh, who shows up there and, and whatnot. So... Uh, and also uh, Scott Dixon, free safety alongside Dakota Dixon. Not a surprise considering he was working with, the, with Dixon pretty much the entire camp with the, the quote-unquote first teams, even though they were mixing up safeties during portions of the practice. Uh, those two seem to be paired up a lot. And then uh, just the chemistry they have with kind of Dixon being the mentor to, to Nelson. They're very close, you can tell. And Reggie Pearson, because Pat Johnson – is out with a head injury is up in the two deep in my opinion there. And, and he put together, like I mentioned to people before, uh, you know, on, I believe is one of our articles recently where I said he had a very quietly, a very good camp. So uh, in my opinion, so looking at that, uh, nothing really changed. I think maybe punt return, Jack Dunn, you know, and Kendrick Pryor's the backup there. And then Pryor is the lead kickoff returner with Aaron Crookshank as the number two. Again, we'll see if those if that breaks up. Uh, if you know, depending upon what happens with, you know, both those two receivers are 
prominent in the passing game if they're needed. Maybe Crookshank gets more of a chance. But for now, I mean, we saw it last year with Derek Tindall and A.J. Taylor getting run as kickoff returners that Paul Christ and his team and Chris Herring are both very comfortable allowing starters to do their thing on special teams. Um, other than that, yeah, that's all the depth chart there. Um, I will say game prediction, uh, I'm going to go 51-13. I think that defense for Western Kentucky, I don't think they'll be able to stop the running game. I think Taylor goes for at least 150 to 200. I think Taiwan Deal gets, I'll say, 95 yards rushing there. Uh, I think there's some turnover-free football on Wisconsin's part. And the defense, I think there'll be a little bit of growing planes early on. I wouldn't be surprised if Western Kentucky takes a lead early on, adjusting to that up-tempo look that Sanford's offense has for the Hilltoppers. But I think they clamp down. You have too many playmakers on defense with Conley, Ryan Conley, TJ Edwards, Andrew Van Gingle. I think will have a big game. And uh, I think Scott Nelson could, you know, obviously he flashed with his interceptions during fall camp. Wondering if he makes a big impact like his defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach Jim Leonard in his debut back in 2002, 16 years, just over 16 years ago, made a big impact with two interceptions in his first game. We'll see if uh, that if he can replicate that performance by Leonard back then. So, uh, But I do think Wisconsin wins 51-13. I think it's the easier one. We'll have a podcast uh, immediately afterwards, uh, or hopefully we can get one done uh, quickly and soon for you guys uh, in the wee hours of the morning. So you guys are guys are traveling to Labor Day. You know, guys are driving up north. Put us on. We'll have some player interviews. We'll have some fun there. Also, uh, with this podcast, I'm really excited about this, guys. And Brian Caribou from Cheesehead TV. Uh, it's a Packer site for those that Venn diagram of friend of uh, fans that are both Wisconsin fans, Badger fans, and Green Bay Packer fans. This is right up your alley. At Beer Rock, it's 2911 North Sherman Avenue. That's in Madison, north side of town, right by, for those that like the Madison Mallards, Mallards, the uh, semi-pro baseball team, their park is Warner Park. It's just south of that. We're having a live set of podcasts every Tuesday, and that's really fun. Every Tuesday at 7 p.m., from 7 to about 7.30, 7.40-ish, and we'll have some, we'll hopefully have some player interviews, Try to get some guests on there. Uh, it's been a little crazy on my end, so the, so we may not have a guest the first show, but we're, we're trying to book ahead, and it's going to be fun. We're going to have some interactiveness. We're going to do some Q&As. I'll throw out some books out there, some walk-on-this-way books, uh, and we're just going to have a really good time, and we want to get the, in the Miss Madison community a little bit more and talk to you guys. And also for the game, if you guys are listening tomorrow, which is Friday, and you guys are looking for previews, hey, honestly, let us know where you guys are tailgating at, uh, you know, at me on Twitter, at Jake Coco, K-O-C-O, B5Q, or at Bucky's Fifth Quarter's Twitter account too, at B5Q. Just let us know where you're at. I'll try to pop over there. I'll be down there around 4, 430. So just literally head on down there. Uh, let us know where you're at. We'll take some pictures. We'll put you up on our Instagram account, on, on Twitter too. And we're just going to have a good time uh, until we have to go inside uh, about 6-ish to start getting ready for the matchup at hand underneath the lights of Camp Randall Stadium. So, um, so like again, Beer Rock, seriously, next Tuesday, 7 p.m., I'm going to pub this again tomorrow night on, on our podcast too. 
seriously, come, come out, join us. We're going to have a really good time, guys. Hope you guys, for those in the Madison area, can make it out. So, uh, wrapping up the show now. Thank you guys for listening. Sorry again for getting this out too late, but with all the news that's been going on, maybe it was a good thing. Things happen for a reason, right? So, follow us on Twitter at B5Q. Again, me at JCocoB5Q. Like our, in, or follow us, you know, was like, like us on Twitter, or no, no, like us on Facebook. There we go. Like us on Facebook. Of course, follow us on, on Instagram too. Follow that account. Uh, like I said, we'll have some fun tailgating uh, pictures there. And then on top of that, uh, this podcast, rate us, give us feedback. We want to be the best Badger-centric podcast out there. Let us know what you want out of us, because that's what we're here for. Uh, and then also, listen to on iTunes, listen to it on Google Play. Tune in on the TuneIn app and, you know, subscribe. When you hear the word subscribe, really, it, it, it's not, it's for free. These are all free podcasts that we put out there. Don't worry about us charging you fees. This is for you guys. And, and we're having a lot of fun doing it. And we're going to continue doing this podcast for quite a while uh, because, you know, we're out, one, we're getting a lot of, a lot of listens. So that means we must be doing something right. Right. Uh, that's how I view it. So uh, make sure you guys just do that. Give us more feedback. Let's make this the best Badger-centric podcast we can. We still, we're trying to get a volleyball one going to uh, at least one episode here. Uh, you know, John, uh, our buddy John, uh, who covers the team, uh, we're gonna or we're gonna try to get something going soon. I'll let you know when that happens for sure. But on that note, I'll let you guys go. Uh, we're almost a half hour and ten minutes more than I thought we would be. Thank you for, again for listening to Bucky's Fifth Podcast. This is Jake Okorowski. Hope to see you guys down there on Tuesday night uh, for our live podcast, but also tomorrow night uh, tailgating. Let us know where you're at. Uh, we'll, we'll stop by, say hi, talk Badgers, and talk more coming up on Bucky's Fifth Podcast and Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Thank you.